Welcome back, guys. Brandon Carter, episode 11, Off the Post, Boston Sports. Got some interesting things to talk about. Uh, Brady still hasn't signed with New England. The Celtics are up and down. The Bruins seem to be on a run, lose to the last place team in the league. The Red Sox have a new coach, new player. Players are gone. Carter, a lot going on in Boston, man. A yeah. lot. I'm sitting down right here with a with a glass of white wine, so this might get off the rails. Oh, some white wine. Guys, he's going in. He is going in. Some white wine. Uh, I'm gonna this is gonna be a free form episode. Uh, where you want to start it off, man? What, what's on your mind? I feel like we got to just kick it off with sending our thoughts with uh, Jay Bomeister and his family, uh, who collapsed uh, in the in, in the <coughs> middle of the first period. That went to a, had a cardiac event, but he is stable um, as per the latest reports. Um, and with the uh, Doug Armstrong, uh, the Blues GM came out and said that you know he is stable. He was revived um, immediately. Uh, that's that's one of the benefits I think of being a professional athlete is you're, you're constantly surrounded by trainers. You have your medical staff there, you have the EMTs. So props to, 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 you know, not only the blue yes. medical staff, but uh, the Anaheim ducks medical staff and their trainers um, and the, uh, the EMTs that were on call at that game. So. Cause the last time I can think of this happening was uh, Daniel Pye that used to play for the Bruins when he played for the Dallas stars and he collapsed. Rich, Rich Peverly. Rich Peverly. Thank you. Rich Peverly. I had the peas mixed up. Yeah. But uh, and yeah, then, when he collapsed on the bench, and the doctor actually was a fan that jumped over the glass. Yep. Yeah. And then I remember, uh, you know, Cre- you know, remember Craig Cunningham, former Bruin. Yes. Yep. He was. I think it was an AHL game. Uh, he ended up having to have his uh, leg amputated. Yeah. Um, but he's actually. Uh, I think he's coaching again. Um, but uh, he's able to. He's he's made a, almost you know as full a recovery as you can from that so um you know when you're when you when you're that close constantly to the trainers and medical staff and you you know you have a professional salary a professional salary you're surrounded by the best medical care possible so yeah no and it's uh it's sad to see anybody go through that but to be able to have people that close to you um is amazing and I mean, we talked. We I said, guys, it'd be a free form. We got some people on the Facebook. Uh, we we got definitely some Bruins talk. Um, I might have some breaking news that I just got a text message about. Waiting to confirm it. Um, Speaking but of waiting these to guys confirm, are want, yeah. these guys are wanting to talk about Red Sox. Kevin Pilar signed today. Allison says Megan thinks Veritek should have been the coach of the Red Sox. He led them for many years. Uh, rumor was Megan after he interviewed with the Sox, the Sox did not think he was suitable to be a coach. And there is, there is a distinct difference between a great captain versus someone who can work within the entire organization as, as, a, as a manager. It's, it's, it's a distinct enough difference where I think that, do you want Veritek on your bench as maybe a bench coach? I think he'd be great as a bench coach, but I don't, I'm not sure. You know, obviously, Heim Bloom, John Henry, that whole team saw something in Jason Veritek that might prevent <laughs> them from having, you know, prolonged success. And I trust them. We posted on the page earlier, guys, and don't let this shock you. I would not be surprised if Alex Cora is your manager for the Boston Red Sox in 2021. Because what happened with the Astros investigation, everybody put it on Beltran, saying he was a leader, 
They didn't know how to control them. They didn't know how to stop them. They were afraid of them. Nothing about Alex's name, the longer that investigation went on, came up. Meaning he may not, he, he had to know what was going on, but he may not have full involvement. And now that the MLB has come out, Carter, and said, hey, we're going to extend the Red Sox investigation through spring training. To me, I feel like they're digging and digging and digging, trying to find something, but they can't find anything. And it's, I think it's the same way that, that you know, Goodell and the NFL are still have not come out with a potential punishment for the Patriots on Spygate just because they're treating it as a repeat offender. You know, they're looking for anything because they're so determined that, hey, these guys have cheated. I'm talking when, when mentioning the Red Sox, we've caught them twice before. Um, and this is, you know, the third strike and you want to find yep. something for So you're, you're not coming out of this completely empty handed. But this goes back to what I said when this investigation originally started, guys, the Astros had TVs, they had cameras, they had trash cans they were banging on. The Red Sox players were supposedly going into a replay room. If they're walking into a room and looking up at a TV that is always there and always accessible, maybe not allowed to go there, but did. There's no evidence unless you have a whistleblower coming out with, hey, I've got pictures, videos, text messages. If there's none of that, I don't see how you're going to be able to pinpoint an actual conclusion. Now, do I think due to the whistleblower saying something, there will absolutely be a penalty? There will be some sort of penalty, but even the MLB has already come out saying they find it as a small, they might see it as a small little tap on the shoulder type thing. And even if you take away, you know, draft picks from, from the Red Sox, how important really are players in the in Major League Baseball draft to the Red Sox? Yeah. The, um, how, what level of severity really is that? Is it a penalty? Yes. Does it look like a major, you know, a major slap on the wrist for the Red Sox? Yes. But in hindsight, how much of the Red Sox really relied on the Major League draft to – you know, to, to, to further their success. I agree. Now, Megan says she's, she agrees with you. She thinks he'd be a great bench coach. Uh, Brett said he's got bowling tonight, <laughs> bowling league. Good luck bowling there, Brett. Mookie Betts style. Uh, trying to find imaginary skeletons in a closet is what, how Shane feels about the entire investigation with the Red Sox. So I, I do feel that way. Um, I think it's this season's going to be one of those backs against the wall type things solely because it's going to be everyone against us. Everybody has projected that the Sox are going to suck. They're going to be horrible because we lost bets. Bets was a huge asset to the team. Guys, I am sorry. Megan said, why did they trade price and bets money? Absolutely. That to me, and I'll let you speak to it, Carter, in your opinion, great trade to get them gone. Bad trade on what you got in return, because I think you could have asked for a lot more. But if you would have paid Mookie Betts the money, you would have been in the same situation that the that the Angels were in or are in with Trout. All that money is surrounding one player. You don't financially have the money to go elsewhere. And then you get rid of Price and you unload $46 million off of that cap. I love that portion of the trade. I really, really do. Yeah, and, and, and you look at it, I'm glad – First things first, that he went to the Dodgers. It's a good baseball city, uh, good baseball market out there, um, and we, you know, we don't have to see it. We he's he's in the the National League. We don't have to play him. Agreed. You know, um, we might have to play him like three times out of 162 games. 
So, and, you know, and, and you look at David Price. David Price wanted out of Boston. He wasn't gelling well um, in the locker room anymore, in the clubhouse. Um, we got a World Series out of him. But you look at his success. His success is based really solely in October. Um, he's relatively inconsistent in the regular season. And, you and, and it was only one October. If you really look at what he's done since he's been with us, it was only one October, and that was when we won the World Series, that he was relevant for us. Other than that, he was blowing games left and right and Doreen even hit this hit the nail on the head we got rid of 46 million dollars and we got rid of a pitcher that can win 18 games in a 162 game season and I think you know the Red Sox kind of this this whole trade was restructured once um once Minnesota pulled out the first time um Heim Bloom got a really good chance to redeem himself he got definitely got um he didn't get the short end of the stick on the second deal. He did a little bit better on the second time around. In this Agreed. Um, it's, it, you know, it, it gives him, I think, a little bit more trust uh, from, from the city of Boston. Obviously, it's what, where, where I stand is don't jump on high and bloom until baseball has been played. Because you never know someone's going to have a great year, a breakout season. Verdugo could hit, you know, 25 home runs out of nowhere. He could be batting 305. Um, but you know, no, no pitch has been thrown. So I don't see any reason to jump on, jump all over high and bloom just yet. He did what he was, was hired. He did what he was hired to do, which was, was, uh, get below the luxury tax. And unfortunately he was hired to, you know, get rid of Mookie Betts and, and he was get some sort of return. And he got, you know, a better return than he did on the first trade. Um, were the first attempt at a trade, I should say. And, you know, you're, you're, Closing in, I you know I still see nothing from ESPN, so I'm not 100 in on Kevin Pillar. You're signing a, a, fan, a phenomenal outfielder with a little bit of a better bat than than Jackie Bradley Jr. Yep, um, a guy that can who play can hit against left hand, who can hit, who can hit against left-handed pitchers. Yep, who can and play he, DH. Yeah. when you're giving JD a rest, um, when you want to give Jackie Bradley or another outfielder a rest, you've got the glove out there. And if it is He's a one phenomenal year, defensive player, agreed. I absolutely agree. Now. To spin this a little bit, guys, since we're jumping back and forth, so since we're talking trades and talking players, Allison said we offered Mookie 10-year, $30 million. He said no, let him go. I agree with that. So speaking of taking money cuts, I want to get to the Krug talk, but a source is telling me it's not finalized, but if it does go through, you guys heard it first, Bacchus will be officially gone next week. Not sure the details, but he's being traded. We'll finalize next week or so. Not sure what else is involved. An agreement has been made in principle. I heard on on the Sports Hub that he was the only the only team that was talking to him was St. Louis. And what happened last night could be a, a role that he could fill in. It's a veteran role. Yep. Older older guy. I forget how old is back is thirty six. Yeah, I think so. 36 or 37. Um, and, you know, I think I'm pretty sure Jay Bowmeister was 37 uh, or is 37. I, please forgive me for saying was. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jay Bowmeister is 37. You know, a guy who's you know played in the organization for, for a number of years. Jay Bowmeister is good over, under, over 1,200 games on, under his belt. Um, I don't know how many total uh, David Backus has, but it's, a, it's, a, it's almost a shot for shot with uh, David Backus versus Jay Bowmeister. You never know. Because that very well could signal the end of, of Jay Bomeister's career. Um, you always know that they're hungry to get back on the ice. Yeah, I remember 
um, the story of Rich Peverly when he went down uh, with the same with the same issue when when he woke up at the hospital he said can I go back in yep um, so there also there's always that desire to get back on the ice but this may be you know Bowmeister's at the re- that retirement age in the NHL he's in, uh, late 30s or almost you know getting was getting towards his 40s back is his 36 you were correct on that Shane just Shane just verified that on the so, on the live feed. This may be a reality check for Jay Bomeister, and they may want to fill that similar role with a guy who knows St. Louis in David Backus. And so th- that that makes me want to swing over to Tory Krug. The, the, everybody has said, I've stated, if you can't sign the man before the trade deadline, you let him go, unless you can guarantee that he's going to sign at the end of the year. I personally believe, with Sweeney coming out a little over a week ago, saying Tory Krug will not be traded, and is not on the list of talks or anything. That's telling me they have sat down with him. They're close in negotiations. They may not want to finalize the deal during the season, but that tells me that Tory Krug will be taking either whatever money we're offering or whatever to stay in Boston solely because I don't see Sweeney taking him off the trade block or the discussion if they haven't talked about him staying in Boston. Absolutely. Krug is has been has, has proven himself in Boston. He's 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 stated that he would prefer to stay in Boston. Sweeney said he's seen him in a leadership role wearing the A. Um at some point in the future. He's still relatively young. Um and yet he's already a veteran presence for a bunch of the defensemen and the in the very young decor aside from, from Chara. Um where I've been concerned, the only concerning part I have and Hayden said on the live feed, not surprised that the backage trade will just be contract and money and have nothing to do with another player. But my concern with Krug is I believe Detroit's in such a rebuilding process. If he gets to the point to where he can listen to other teams and money does become a factor, I feel Detroit would unload on him and make him want to go back home to take that kind of money. That's my only concern. Other than that, I don't, I'm not worried about him going anywhere, but that's my only yeah, I mean, you could you could make the argument that in a rebuild they're going to offer him a ridiculous contract to be um, the candy for for other players to potentially want to play around a guy like yep. Tory Krug. But I don't see, and you know, as much as I love Tory Krug, I don't see him as a marquee name to to try and center a rebuild around. No, um, Megan's- it's not as you know, it's not as appetizing as a guy like a like a Taylor Hall or a McDavid or you know whoever it may be, but. It's it doesn't it's not it, he's not that you know player wise he's not attractive in terms of that's the that's the guy you want to sit and rebuild around. You could argue maybe if 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 a guy like PK Subban went to them or or you know a, a guy like a Shea Weber, someone who's who's cemented themselves as something someone that if you had them could change the dynamic of a team. I don't see Krug being that guy. No, for for Detroit to unload. An, an absurd amount of money on. And speaking of changing the dynamic of the team, Megan asked, will they sign Chara to another year? I firmly believe that it's solely up to Chara and the Bruins Absolutely. organization is leaving it completely up to him. Almost like the Tom Brady scenario. Like we're going to leave it completely up to you. If you want to come back, you're available. But my heart says the man will retire at the end of this season, no matter how it turns out. And he will have a role either on the bench or up in the balcony with Sweeney and them moving forward. He needs to stay a part of the Bruins organization somehow, some way. Recruiting, locker room, bench coach, whatever it may be, defensive coach. 
he will always have a role in Boston for many years to come, just might not be as a player. So here's what I'll say about Chara. I had the very, very high fortune of being able to meet him uh, in person uh, and lis- he listen to him speak uh, about, you know, nutrition and, and how his training regimen. And uh, believe it or not, he's been vegan for the last three years. You guys heard uh, that right. He um, vegan. He spoke to. I, I, you know, I'm not going to take him word for word and I'm not going to say verbatim because I, you know, I, it was a couple days ago and I, I didn't write anything down. Um, but he, the, the, his demeanor told, told me just by his demeanor led me to believe that he may or may not want to play another year. And I think Char is, is well aware that he's on a year to year basis. He's on a one contract at one year contract at a time basis. I think that he thinks that he has another year left in him. Um, I would not be surprised to see him sign another one-year deal with the Bruins. Very contract-friendly. Um, because where else would he go? No, he um, won't. He won't. He but, can't. But if it's not another one-year deal, I do see him retiring. Or if not, go- pulling a Yager and going to play back home in native Slovakia. Agreed. And uh, Doreen said that she heard uh, people talking about Char. He looks strong and energized in practice. Char has even remarked that he realizes that other players are coming first contract-wise. And that's the best thing about him. We're blessed to have a veteran like that that is still playing at a high level that since he came over to Boston, he's been contract-friendly, he's been player-friendly, and I've said it from day one, and I'll argue until I'm blue in the face. McAvoy, Krug, Carlo, I'll even say Grizzlick, players like that, would not be playing at the level they are currently playing at in the NHL without Char's locker room leadership and practice leadership and on ice leadership. They would not be where they are right now, hands down. Absolutely. We've been blessed because of that. And, and, and I think, you know, there's people, that, you know, if he signs another one-year deal, which is not, I don't think is out of the question, you'll, you'll have the people that are saying, you know, he's, he's delaying Bergeron getting the C, um, he's just being selfish. I don't think, I think Char is well aware of when he thinks or when he knows he'll be able to not or to stop contributing as well as he could to the Bruins. Char is very, a very, very self aware player. He's aware of his age, he's aware of um, his speed, um, and he's aware of, of what his height both gives him and takes away from him in terms of potential on the ice, in terms of how he can defend. So I think if Chara believes that if he were to sign another year and if he believes that, that another year would, would deter the Bruins from playing any better than they could, he would not sign a contract. No. Now, you've had other names come up in this chat. So somebody said that Hall is back in the discussions, but he costs a lot of money. Um, people are still seeing Jumbo Joe being in the conversation. I love Joe Thornton, and I will say this right now in front of all of you listening and watching Joe Thornton was my favorite player growing up as a kid besides Ray Bork. I'm 31 years old, about to turn 32. Joe was the man. And when he left, I was upset. And would I'd love to see him with a spoke be on again. Absolutely. But I do not think he is anything that we need right now to help this hockey team. I don't. Um, if we get him, guys, I will be on here, and I will say, look, I'm glad we got Joe Thornton. I'm happy for him. Um, good to see him in a spoke B. 
But I don't think that's what this team needs right now. I really don't. And real quick, Brian, stay on here. I got a surprise for you on the live feed. But Carter, how do you feel about Joe? Or who do you want to see come? I, you know, I was too young um, to to watch Joe Thornton play in 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 a Bruins uniform. I don't call me I, old. I was I was I was I was a baby. Don't call me. You're putting out my age now. Come on, man. I am man. not calling you old. I am calling <laughs> me young. Yeah, Um, that's so contradicting, man. Come on. um, But I would I know how much he means to the city of Boston. I know how much he cares about the city of Boston. I think it would be so cool. It was the same way uh, I felt when Yager came to the Bruins, even though he never played for them before. It was the same way I felt when Brian Gianta signed with the Bruins for a year. I thought that was really cool just to see these legendary, you know, the same Jerome McGinley. Like, it was really cool to see these guys in the black and gold. And I think it would, you know, Joe Thornton's still a very skilled guy. He's not afraid to be physical at his age. Um, And like Char, he's well aware of what his body is capable of. So I think, you know, you add add a guy who's seen the playoffs for a number of years, who's seen over a thousand games, and you add that presence into the locker room on an offensive standpoint, I think that, you know, for the young guys, for the Coolmans of the world, uh, for the Lausans of the world, f- uh, for um, the Coils of the world, I think <coughs> it would be phenomenal for player development and for veteran presence. So, so I think it would be really awesome to see Joe Thornton back in a Bruins uniform. So Hayden, Hayden agrees with you because he has a good point. He thinks he'd be great on the power play unit and on the fourth line by having a big body in front of the net. But I don't see that's my issue. I don't think Joe Thornton sees himself as a fourth liner. I think, I think he's 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 second line or or, or third line in his head. He might be. He thinks he might be second or, or third line. But I don't think he's going to be happy if he signs a one or a two year deal with the Bruins and ends up playing, you know, fifteen minutes a game. No, know? and to go to to quickly jump back on the Chara aspect, Greg has a valid point. He says Chara has a good sense of him playing at his age just like Tom Brady does. He'll quit when it's time for him to quit, and he will know it's time, and he will leave. He won't drag it on, which I firmly believe in that. Guys, if you really look at it as a Boston sports fan, we've been blessed with the older good players. Think about this. Chara, Big Poppy, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. Like, you've had these players, Tom Brady, like, these guys that get to the age to where everybody's like, oh, they, they were done three years ago. And they continue to perform at a young age level with high intensity. You don't see that. usually see that in one team or another in different cities. But we've had it across the board for years. And I don't know who the next one will be. And you're talking about how young you are, Carter. All my favorite people have retired, guys. And Tom Brady's going to be the next one, and Charo will be the next one. Not, and I'm not saying on the record Tom Brady's retiring now because he's not. But between Poppy being gone, when Paul Pierce went, uh, when Tom Brady goes, when Charo goes, those are my guys. Carter, that's a good question. Who is your guy? And for those of you on the live feed, who is your guy that you've looked up to from day one that is currently still playing on one of your favorite teams that you would hate to see leave? Oh, it's, 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 I mean, I've always looked up. I mean, Char has been there my entire life. He, he came into the league in 1997, the year I was born. So it's been Char my entire life. Um, and yeah, I could, I could point to another guy, Bergeron, um, who's always been a Bruin. 
Um, so it's you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into the you know Red Sox or the Patriots or the <laughs> no no but Sorry. with the Bruins I'm talking it has to be it has to be Zidano or it has to be um, Bergeron. Yep, and I, I I can agree with you on both of them. It's just I've been around as you said far longer than you if we're disclosing but uh, <laughs> other people on here said char kevin asked are the bruins allowed to talk potential contracts with potential players they are looking at absolutely not so that's the hard part for some of these guys to be able to pull the trigger on these trades is if you sign a guy that's got one year left on his contract you better hope the second he walks through your building you can sit him down and start discussing future contracts because they're not allowed to have any discussion whatsoever with their current contract or future contract before a trade. It's tampering. You can't do it. But um, it's a lot of Bruins talk, a lot of Red Sox talk. Um, Patriots, there's really not much to get into, guys. We're on like day 30-something to Tom Brady. Um, Everybody's going crazy because he made a tweet to Edelman or a comment on his Instagram saying, hey, get back over to – the East Coast, so we can throw some. That doesn't mean he's signing, guys. Tom Brady's playing games right now, and he's having a blast doing it. Oh yeah, he's having so much fun, which makes me think he will stay because I don't look at him as that type of guy to be able to throw out all this stuff and then not do it. But I could see him coming out one day saying, "See, guys, I told you I wasn't going anywhere all along." Like I can oh, and, see and, that, and you best believe he's going to test the market first. Yes. Don't- don't get it in your head that he's going to say, you know, on March 16th, yep, I'm resigning with the Patriots. Nope. Nope. And he that's what is going to test free agency. He's going to see what's out there. He's going to get, he's going to be sold by a bunch of different teams. He's going to, uh, teams are going to be fishing for him. They're going to be giving him gifts. They're going to be breaking out all the star power wherever he goes to try and bring him to their city. And he's going to eat it up. And then he's, you know, if he's, if he's what you're saying he is, Brandon. If he's, you know, not going to, if he's toying with us with the, like the Hulu commercial and he knows the intrigue that he has right now and he knows that everyone's on the edge of their seats, I, you know, if you think he's going to do that, he's, he's conscious and he's going to go, you know what? I think I'll stay in New England and everyone's going to welcome him back with open arms. No question. That's great. I think, you know, he's playing into it. He loves the attention. He loves the fact that he's going to get sold. Um, and he's, I don't think, I think, I think he's going to go where, where the best offer is, where the best chance for him to get maybe another ring um, where he's not, where, that has a good offensive line, where he's not going to get hit every play or rushed every play. Um, so, and, I want... and he's going to make, you know, 30, $35 million a year for the next two years and retire 45. So Megan says, and this, this gets me heated a little bit, Megan, I'm not going to lie. Oh boy. <laughs> she says Brady hasn't performed as he has in previous years. So a couple quick things. One, oh, Megan. before I get to your comment, Megan, and I think oh, Megan. <laughs> Carter knows how I feel about this whole situation, guys. One, I think the key, since he will test the market, New England has come out and said, hey, we want, we want your decision by March 16th. Not happening. Just like Carter says, will not happen. I think what gets Brady back, it's not going to be the $30 million. You offer no. him 20 he'll be fine. What's going to be the key factor? New England's going to have to go out and get an A.J. Green. Uh, Hunter Henry, Gronk come back. Yes, I said it. Possibly, he's gonna need a we'll talk tight about end. That later. He's gonna need a tight end, and he's gonna need a deep threat. If you can bring, if you can draw those guys in New England, and then go to Brady and say, "Hey, here's what we're doing. AJ Green's coming. 
Hunter Henry's coming. We'll give you 22. That allows us to pay them, and we still got some pieces we can move around. If we don't bring in any help, which gets me to Megan's point, Brady has had no help. A depleted offensive line last year. A wide receiver in Edelman who is so banged up and still performing. A rookie in Jacoby Myers that couldn't catch a beach ball, couldn't run a route properly. And Nikhil Harry, who missed, what, eight games? He had nobody. And I'm not being a homer. I'm not defending my boy, my man crush, the guy I'd love to be his towel boy. I'm not trying to defend him in that way. But tell me what he had to work with to make him put up numbers that he has in the past. Would you have would you have your favorite center um, who get preseason discloses that he has blood clots in his lungs and you have to work with Ted Karras? All, no knock to Ted Karras. He he worked his way slowly but surely. He worked his way into the center role. Yep. Um, you, when you have to work with a guy who you haven't been <laughs> communicating with for the past ten years, um, you know, uh, you know your your favorite center who's you know also went to Michigan. You have that bond. Every every little detail matters when you're getting rushed for every throw, and when you have to throw, you have guys that can't get separation, or when they do get separation, they drop the important passes. And you, when you have when you're not sure that you have until week, I don't know whatever it is that they signed Nick Folk. When you don't, when you have to go for it on fourth down because you have a kicker that that has, you know, he tore his labrum, and you have a preach Carter garbage garbage <laughs> kickers that can't get you three points when you're when you're when you're supposed to be guaranteed points by the time you get to the thirty yard line. It it ta- it's every single little thing that will add up to to maybe I should just hand the ball off to Sony Michelle who can't run through the offensive line that's giving him no holes. You can't put that. You can't look at that and say. I think Tom Brady's losing it such. What touch did he – he didn't have – he had gloves on. You can't – he didn't lose his touch. It's – it's it's you – I can't even – I'm at a loss for words. Well, here. Brady hasn't – So, I'll tell you guys a few things I just want you guys to sit on. We won't get into it because we only got maybe not even five minutes left, and I we, we got something to announce to you guys and for those of you on the live to take a look at them. But a couple things to think of. Dak Prescott has not signed with the Cowboys. Des Bryant has tweeted out that he wants to play with Brady, which he that could be in New England. But you go to – Tom Brady has an offer from the Cowboys on the table coming up, if he does. You have a great offensive line, one of the best running backs in the league, and you got a good receiving core, number one. Number two, the 49ers. The team that Tom Brady, yes, the 49ers who just signed Jimmy G to a big contract, the 49ers have expressed interest. And here's the thing that's going to blow your mind. If the 49ers were to release Jimmy G right now, right now, they would only owe him $4 million. However, they set that contract up to where they'd be able to get out of that big of a contract and only owe the man $4 million and Brady would get to go play for that offense with a stellar defense with the team that he grew up loving. You have to remember Tom Brady grew up in San Mateo, California. His, his, you know, you look at the market that's out there for not only his, not only his brand, not only TB 12, but Giselle and, and their kids. It makes sense. If you look at, you know, potentially even sit in uh, the, the chargers, I almost said San Diego. You look at the Chargers. <laughs> Uh, you look at the 49ers, the team he grew up idolizing, like you mentioned. 
it doesn't it's not out of the question for Tom Brady to move back to his hometown to be closer with his mom and it's it's there's there's so many markets that appeal to Tom Brady and like you said if on the off chance that that the 49ers look at this past Super Bowl and say Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't get it done for us here's a guy who's been to the Super Bowl 8 times and won it 6 of them it's it's it, it's not too crazy Doreen says Miss Brady doesn't like Cali. Hayden says Dallas is out. So I'll tell you guys this. I don't see – so Megan just brought up Tennessee. I don't see him going to Tennessee, period. Yes, Mike Rabel is the coach, but I don't think Giselle wants to grow, grow the kids up in Tennessee. There's nothing in there for TB12. There's nothing in there for her lines, nothing. The, the Raiders, I've heard so many talks about that, but I don't see that. And Megan brought up about the school. So two things. Giselle was with a friend in Tennessee where the friend was looking at schools and Giselle never, never actually stepped foot on the property. So that whoever did come out with that, which I did, I did tweet about it when it first came out, but they're, they're going to go to a place where their brands can grow. Tampa not happening. Brady's not going to go to the Tampa Bay bucks. Brady is only going to go somewhere like Carter says that knows that they could be in a super bowl next year. Doreen said Giants would be a great fit, and Hayden brought up the Giants. I just don't think with what Adam or uh, Daniel Jones is that his name? Yep. I don't think what Daniel after what Daniel Jones did, I don't see them just dropping Jones to bring in a forty-three-year-old quarterback. Although you know, you look at and you, the coaching staff raises a lot of concern for me over there. You got Joe Judge, Freddie Kitchens, and Jason Garrett. That's a who's not of terrible coaches but um you know they an okay offensive line not great but you know potentially also next to zeke elliott and uh one of the best running backs in in, in football with saquon oh decent wide receivers it's the market for him makes sense in new york it's just the coaching staff and the the, the sieve of an offensive line um but with you know like you look at tennessee it, it I'm, I look at Mike Vrabel, and there's nothing more. It's it seems that there's nothing more that he enjoys than beating Bill Belichick. And you you look at that. You have he, his his argument to Brady. You know, you come here. Um, we made it to the AFC Championship game uh, last year. Imagine what we could what we could do with your arm, um, yeah. and Derrick Henry, and we could you know we could really shove it to to Bill Belichick and the Patriots for not paying you. And I've had success, and, and you really wanted to show it to, to New England. So, you know, if we can get back to the FC Championship game and we have you this time, I think, you know, you get back to another Super Bowl. So we got to cut this short, guys, but Hayden did make a good point. Jason Garrett and the offensive line would be an issue in New York. I don't think Brady would ever want to play for Jason Garrett, period. No. Um, well, uh, we didn't really touch on the Celtics. We'll do that next week when there's more to talk. They got drugged last night against the Rockets. Toronto's on a run, so it doesn't look like the Celtics are really the number two threat like they were a couple weeks ago um, in the Eastern I Conference. I will say this before we go, just because I have to get it in. Tom Brady, you know, you look at Mike McCarthy just signing as the head coach in Dallas. That yeah. is a dangerous potential combination w- with a coach that Brady would do very, very well with. Absolutely. I didn't even look at it that way. You're, you're 100% right on that, Carter. Um, so guys, real quick, for those of you that are listening, 
you'll know where to go. For those of you watching, you see me wearing one, go get you one. We got our off the post t-shirts. They're out. There's a link on our page. Go check it out. And we got them in today. Thanks to first impression. The guy that puts all this together from Massachusetts. Uh, big shout out to him. His webpage will be up very soon. We've got hoodies. So we know it's still cold up north. Get you a hoodie. Check it out. It's got off the post on the front. And then on the back when you're walking around, everybody can take a peek at it. At off the post Boston Sports. So we got more swag coming, guys. Me and Carter's talked about it. First impression has some great ideas coming. We're going to be releasing a Red Sox shirt at the start of the season. Uh, the second the Bruins clinch the playoffs, be ready, because we're going to drop a playoff edition off the post Boston sports first impression Bruins playoff shirt. Um, possibly do something with the Celtics as well. So make sure you guys check the link out. If you don't have it, DM us. We'll send it to you. If you follow us on Instagram, the hoodies will be available by end of night tonight. They are not up there yet, but they will be on there by end of night to go get you a hoodie. Um, appreciate all of you that have already ordered. We've got boxes of shirts laying around, so we can't thank you enough. Carter and I are blown away by all the support on a daily basis. So uh, we appreciate it. Once again, first impression, thank you for all your help, everything you've done with your business. Great to work with. And uh, once his site gets up, you guys need to definitely go order some. So, Carter, you got anything to end it with? We got the Habs tonight. We got Beans the Habs. Habs. Always a great game. Um, I'll end it with uh, just because I got to end it on, on Mike McCarthy and, and the Dallas Cowboys. The only thing that made the – for me, the only thing that made the Dallas Cowboys unattractive was Jason Garrett. Mike McCarthy makes Dallas a lot more attractive. Yep. That's what I'll end it on. And we got ended on this because, Brian, you're on here right now. That is your hoodie that I just held up. So I will be shipping it out either tomorrow or Friday. So you should have it in a couple of days for uh, winning our giveaway, Brian. So enjoy it and stay warm. Even though you're in South Carolina, you really don't need it right now. But um, Carter, it's a pleasure as always, bud. We'll be back at it. Bruins are going to tear the hats up tonight. Shea Weber is out six to eight weeks. So we do not have to deal with him. And uh, I think we run through him. Who scores first, Carter? Ooh, that's a good question. I am calling Coyle. He's got Coyle. Guys, I'm going right back to him. Pasta's got a net one. He needs one bad. He's going to drop one in. The The garden's going to be out the roof. It's the Habs. It doesn't get any better than that. So, as always, it's all Boston, all sports, all the time, off the post. Thank you, guys. Sean is on here. He's actually at the game. Enjoy the game, Sean. I'll talk to all you guys later. Carter, peace out, bud. See you next week. See you, bud.